0: Welcome now to Access Utah. It's a special edition of the program. We're going to preempt the 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock programs. We'll uh, get you to here and now at noon. We do want to take a couple of hours today to uh, get your response to the designation by President Obama of the Bears Ears National Monument. That news came out, of course, just this week. He has used presidential power under the Antiquities Act to create the Bears Ears National Monument. Some are lauding this as a courageous decision which will protect vital lands. Others are calling it an arrogant act that ignores the wishes of a majority of Utahns. And we want to know what you think. Phone lines are open. You can call the following toll-free number, 800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. You can also comment to our uh, email, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, and you can reach us via Twitter. Our handle is at UPR uh, We hope that you will uh, tell us what you think. Do you uh, fall in the former camp that uh, you think this is a courageous and uh, wonderful act which uh, protects vital lands, or do you stand with uh, all of Utah's congressional delegation, the governor, the attorney general, And uh, the San Juan County Commissioners, who say this is an arrogant act, uh, locking up yet more lands uh, under the federal government that uh, should be uh, managed uh, under local control. Um, It's, of course, important this uh, does affect uh, about a quarter of San Juan County. This is a a large national monument, the largest since Grand Stairs Case Escalante National Monument. Uh, The Attorney General has vowed to sue to reverse this decision, and uh, later in the program we are going to talk with a couple of law professors at the University of Utah to uh, see what they think. Uh, can a uh, this presidential action under the Antiquities Act be reversed? Uh, we'll be talking later with John Rupel from the University of Utah Law School. Uh, we'll also have with us Bob Keiter from University of Ula- U- Utah Law School and the uh, Wallace Stegner Center. Uh, we'll have with us in the eleven o'clock hour Regina Lopez White Skunk, Ute Mountain Ute Tribal Councilwoman. Uh, you, uh, Congressman Rob Bishop will join us in the eleven o'clock hour as well. He, of course, opposes this monument designation. Uh, in this hour, we'll be talking with uh, Chris uh, Sager from the Western Values uh, Project, and with Scott uh, Grooney or uh, Grooney from the uh, Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. I'm mispronouncing your name um but uh, he is from Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, the director there. We'll get uh, perspectives from all of these uh, good folks and from you. We're going to begin in just a couple of minutes once we've established contact with our Southern Utah correspondent, our Moab correspondent uh, John Kovash, who uh, gives us uh, we do have uh, John Kovash with us. Uh, John Kovash, welcome to the program.
1: Welcome. Uh, well, thank you, uh, and uh, it's a glorious day in Moab in southern Utah here.
0: Uh, is that the, uh, that the feeling there in Moab? A lot of people happy.
1: Uh, it's the usual split, uh, you know, depending on which side you're on. Uh, you know, the, the, on one side, the cheering hasn't died yet, but uh, uh, it, it's uh, this will be uh, fun to... See if we can have a little wiki exercise here and uh, draw our, some uh, new information from our listeners.
0: Yeah, that's true. We already have about ten comments uh, uh, that have come in overnight this morning on our email, which by the way is upraxis@gmail.com. Upraxis@gmail.com. So uh, let me just get a couple of these in before we uh, get some details from John Kovash. Uh, AP uh, just her, their comment is, is simple: goody goody. Says AP. Um, Sue uh, says, National monuments are a gift to the nation. Many have become our most popular national parks. Our public land is too important to be used for profit, wrecked and abandoned by the profiteers who destroyed it. Bears Ears area is rich in antiquities and is already a public land that belongs to all Americans. National monument status adds another layer of protection. I'm all in favor of leaving some of our pristine land for future generations. Respectfully, Sue. There's the first couple of comments. Uh, by the way, I'll I'll, uh, I'll uh, I guess um, g- give a, t- a teaser. All of the comments we've got so far are very much in favor of national monument uh, status. Uh, so if, if you oppose this we'd love to hear your point of view as well UPR at gmail.com uh, So John Kovash uh, give us some of the details here what what did the president uh, do? This is um, smaller I think than the the intertravel coalition had wanted, but I, I think they're still happy.
1: Well, it's uh, as uh, quite a bit of the media has noted. It's quite a bit closer to uh, the the bishop slash PLI b- uh, proposal than than it is to the original uh, tribal proposal. Uh, one uh, 1. 1.9 million acres slashed down to 1.3, and one of the big questions now is uh, what you know what exactly is in that six hundred thousand that got cut uh you what kind of uh, you know exactly in the details how you know what kind of bargains were made uh anybody sitting at their computers uh the best map I have found so far uh if you go on o n dot d o i as in department of interior dot gov uh there's the most detailed map i've seen which shows yeah, how it stretches from uh... clear from moab almost to moab uh, down to mexican hat it's a, it's a it's uh... not as big as grand staircase but the, uh... the biggest one since grand staircase sure. and uh... there's also uh... some just gorgeous drop dead photography all over the internet now and yeah callers especially should uh... uh turn us on to their favorites but uh... Uh, it's it's a big area. Uh, the uh, the household names in in, in terms of uh, area that that it that it protects: uh, Cedar Mesa, Combe Ridge, Valley of the Gods, Dark Canyon, Indian Creek. Uh, these are all places that uh, uh, backcountry people all over the planet know about, and uh, uh, you know, it ensures no oil, no new oil or gas or mining activity uh... grazing and hunting uh, will be will be left uh, left as is pretty much uh... and then we we'll, we can uh... talk more about uh... what's going to happen to the uh... the idea that uh, the tribes would manage this land and apply their traditional knowledge and and historical techniques to things uh... and uh, that uh, so that you know there's some uh, some clues in the proclamation about where that's going.
0: Yeah, let's let's uh, we'll handle that as we go along. Um, I do want to to get into that as as we go along because uh, the devil's in the details, right? It's going to be the management plan that's it's going to have a big effect. But I want to I want to go to Tom and Vernal. He is called early. Uh, wanted to get wanted to get his comment in. Uh, Tom, uh, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, like you said a little while ago, uh, our Utah politicians are lining up to denounce the Bears' Ears, and they say that it ignores the wishes of the majority of Utahs. I challenge that assertion. I don't believe it for a minute, and I'd like to see our congressional delegation and the governor defend that statement with evidence that we can check. My own personal observation is, as a 30-year resident of eastern Utah, is that at a county level, especially in Grand County, opinions are divided. At a state level, I would say a majority of Utahns supported. And does anyone doubt that if there were a national poll, that it would be a landslide in favor of it? And oh, American citizens are, are owners of this land. And this is my evidence. Three weeks ago, Dan Jones did a poll. You can get to it by Googling Bears Ears Polls. And the actual um, reading of the poll was, if President Barack Obama declares the Bears Ears area in southeastern Utah National Monument, should Donald Trump reverse the order and undo the national monument? 40% said yes, but 46% said no. So I say there's a disconnect between what the citizens of Utah think about this and what our elected officials are saying. They're not representing Utah truly on this issue.
0: Thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. I was going to reference that same poll, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that's You're it. It's Tom and Vernal. Uh, he is in favor of this uh, designation, and he challenges the uh, congressional delegation to to prove their assertions that you've been hearing that uh, majority of Utah's are against this. He cites that Dan Jones uh, poll. Um, uh, coming up uh, just shortly, we're going to be talking with Chris Sager with the Western Values uh, Project. Uh, later, a representative from uh, Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. We'll be talking in the next hour with Rob Bishop, uh, Congressman Rob Bishop and a couple of law professors from University of Utah will ask them specifically if they think that in presidential action, creating a national monument under the Antiquities Act can be reversed. Uh, The Attorney General vows to sue and reverse reverse this. Uh, So um, let's talk a little bit more about the specifics, John Kovach. John Kovach, our Moab correspondent, is with us for these two hours. Uh, John Kovach, what... Does a national monument designation do? Is it is is it all in the management plan that's that yet to be developed, or does immediately do immediately some things go into effect?
1: Uh, the, uh, the the proclamation. Uh, uh, let me start out saying that the uh, I strongly uh, advise people to read the entire proclamation if they get the chance. It's a very beautiful, lyrical description of Bears Ears, you know, that uh, that you'll ever see in print, uh, explaining why this place is so special and, and worth biting over in the first place. And then it gets to the end, and the boilerplate, and uh, it didn't leave the tribes as strong, uh, holding as strong a hand as you would have wished, Uh it sets up this this kind of cumbersome sounding process where the the quote stakeholders and maximum public involvement and and lots of meetings and where, where they're going to you know people who've been through the PLI thing are going to roll their eyes like okay we're all going to go to a big meeting and yell at each other again and uh, uh, and it, it's uh, it tilted toward a lot of local local input and local control and local management and deference to local park service and BLM and and, uh, uh, forest service personnel. And knowing that uh, Mr. Trump is probably going to do some purity tests deep into the administration of all of the interior and BLM and everything, uh, you know, you have to expect it's going to be a, a tough battle for the original concept of the that the tribes had to to survive to survive the gauntlet, basically. Uh, but uh, you know, it's that's near term. Uh, in the long term, who knows? Uh, but the uh, changes in management would only come after this big fight.
0: Okay, we, we uh, do have with us uh, Chris Sager, who is uh, director of the Western Values Project. Uh, um, Chris Sager, you're on with Tom Williams here at UPR, and John Kovash, who is our MOAB correspondent. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, tell us what Western Values Project is.
3: Sure, so the Western Values Project is uh, a government watchdog organization that holds accountable elected officials and government officials who make impactful decisions about um, our public lands and the rich public lands tradition across the American West and um, including places like Bear's Ears.
0: Let me ask you, uh, and then I'll give uh, John a a chance to ask you a question or two. Um, So this, as I understand it, uh, Bear's Ears National Monument is more than a quarter of San Juan County, biggest new national monument since Grand Staircase. Um, This uh, would uh, at least proposes strict limits on new motorized routes. Um, hunting and access and grazing leases remain unchanged. Um, The the arguments against what you're hearing from congressional delegation and others is that this is just another example of, uh, in their terms, locking up lands that uh, should be managed more on a local level.
3: I I guess the fundamental thing I would say about those criticisms, to the extent they're coming from members of Congress, is they missed their chance to do this themselves, you know, it's these discussions about a mon- about either a monument or you know some sort of legislative protections for Bears Ears have been going on for a very long time, and I think you know the concept, anyways, of Congressman Bishop's public lands initiative was was first floated in 2013 and wasn't introduced until about four or five months ago. Um, so you know we can certainly debate the merits or the details of you know the decision that that the president made, but you know you you got to put your money where your mouth is first and and step up and propose a serious alternative, and I, I don't think we ever saw Congress do
0: that. John Kobach, I wonder if you have a question for Chris Seeger?
1: Well, I think uh, I, I understand the, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, the only thing we've heard from the, the outraged opposition is that Obama didn't listen to, to the Utah locals. And in fact, the Utah locals have been listened to death for a few years now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and obviously the, the sentiment that gee, there's 49 other states that we should be listening to, and and then when you talk about local input, uh, uh, the uh, the tribes, you know, if they were across anybody Native American across the state line was regarded as not a local. Yeah. So. I'd be curious, what's your take on, uh, on just how people are defining who's a local?
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, I think, you
3: know, it's, it's a little different in this situation because there are, you know, sort of transboundary tribal groups like the Navajos and others um, at stake who, you know, have a, have a traditional connection to this place and deserve to have a, a seat at the table. You know, I would say I think that the Obama administration has been very, very open, not just about wanting to solicit, you know, input from folks on the ground, but I think even from telling members of Congress, um, you know, that they're interested to see how a legislative process plays out and one that included, you know, all of the input that I think you mentioned just before I came on you know, that went into the public lands initiative. Um, you know, unfortunately, none of those alternatives um, ever, ever came to bear that, you know, would have expressed the sort of local voices that the critics wanted to hear. That's not to say that the monument doesn't reflect the, you know, the opinions of a lot of folks on the ground or some folks on the ground, because I think it certainly does. And I think, you know, the Obama administration not only did a lot of outreach in the communities, but also told Congress, if you would like to do this yourself, you know, we were interested to see how the process plays out and, and that they would keep an open mind. I think we ended up in the place that we did, um, you know, precisely because Congress
1: refused to take action. Um, um, and do you see really a, a new fight that, coming up over the PLI, uh, or is, will that be subsumed for now by the reversal uh, uh, efforts and, and uh, you know, going after the Antiquities Act and all of that you know
3: i think you'd have to ask the utah congressional delegation that question i would suspect that they're not going to focus so much on the public lands initiative but instead on you know some sort of reform to the antiquities act um, you know unfortunately for them you know these kinds of problems are exactly what the antiquities act was designed to address i mean there were genuine threats to historical artifacts and historical resources in the region Um, and the President exercises authority to protect them in the absence of any other viable solution.
0: Um, Let's go. uh, uh, Sorry, I I didn't mean to to cut you off. Um, I I wanted to get a a call in here. We'll have a reaction from from you, uh, uh, Mr. Sager. Um, So this is Mary in Moab. Mary, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment.
5: Oh, hello. Thank you. I just wanted to um, point people's attention to a couple of paragraphs about the um, Bears Ears Commission, and I think John Kovash was indicating there um, it might be kind of a free for all about public um, input. But there's there's two paragraphs about the um, Bears Ears Commission, which would be made up of a representative elected officer from the Hopi Nation, Navajo Nation, Ute Mountain Ute Tribe, Ute Indian Tribe of the Uinta Ute, Ure, and Zuni Tribe, and I think there's some real possibility that this will be highly meaningful engagement of the tribes who historically used these lands and knew the lands
6: in the management
5: of the monument. So I I think it's no small thing that that Bears Ears Commission is going to be part of the management planning and implementation. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Murray. Uh I'd be interested in your, your take on that, uh, Chris. Chris Sager. Do you do you think that uh, that commission is is going to get a lot of input, or do you think they will get lost in the shuffle?
3: I hope so. I mean, I think it's a good example of how you know the administration is serious about taking on board you know the the comments of people on the ground. Um, you know, it's also important. You know, the extent to which we're talking about local input that there was broad consensus, you know, from the governor to the secretary of the interior to the Utah congressional delegation that something had to be done. Um, and I think, you know, the devil was always in the details of how exactly it was going to happen. And, you know, commissions like that, I think, are, are hopefully something that's going to allow the process to proceed smoothly and, and help everybody get back to that original thing they wanted, which was some sort of reasonable protections for the area.
0: Let me get in a couple more uh, emails here. We have some uh, emails, uh, a lot of emails coming in. By the way, we'd love your comment on uh, President Obama's designation of a Bears Ears National Monument in southern Utah. Uh, our email is upraxcess at gmail.com, Access at com. Our phone number is 1-800-826-1495. We have with us John Kovash, our uh, MOAB correspondent, and right now uh, Chris Sager from the Western Values Project. Here's a couple more um, emails. This uh, comes in from Brett. Brett says Dear UPR, I believe that President Obama's designation of Bears Ears as a national monument was a foresightful and appropriate decision. Given the archaeological, ecological, and cultural importance of this region, I believe that the best long-term path is to protect this area for all Americans, and especially Native Americans, to enjoy. I believe that future generations of Utah's and other Americans will laud this decision and will reap continuing and non-polluting economic and spiritual benefits as a result of this decision. Sincerely, Brett. And uh, one more here at this point. This comes in from Ann in northern Utah. My family and I are thrilled with the new Bears Ears monument. We applaud President Obama's decision. Yes, we believe it took courage. The only arrogance involved is that of some elected officials in Utah who claim without appropriate data that the majority of the state opposes the designation. Uh, So some some more favorable comments, uh, Chris Sager uh, coming in. Uh, One person mentioned non-polluting. That was Brett. Um, This does, at least the proposal in the designation, uh, would restrict uh, oil and gas development.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, look, it's the position of our organization, the oil and gas development on public lands should should happen. It's it's something that we need, at least for the short run, you know, to fuel our economy. But, you know, that it shouldn't happen everywhere and anywhere and that we should draw some reasonable boundaries, you know, based on things like, you know, the cultural resources that are in the bear's ears, based on, you know, the potential of those cultural resources to spur, some economic growth in, in the outdoor economy and tourism and things like that. And you know, while it's true that um, oil and gas development is restricted in some places through the monument designation, that hopefully will return other economic benefits through um, you know increased tourism and visitation to the area. While it happens in other places, there's plenty of public lands leases. In the state of Utah, the oil and gas companies are holding, but but not even choosing to use. Um, you know, probably mostly because the price of price of oil is so low.
0: Well, Chris Sager, uh, final comment. We, we we need to get going here. Uh, final comment on this. I
3: uh, yeah, I would say that I think you know what the president did was exactly what the Antiquities Act and what monument designations are supposed to do. I mean, he took swift and decisive action to protect uh, historical resources from threats. And he did it in the absence of really any other viable alternative. I mean, the the public lands initiative was supposed to do this, and Congress just shut its doors without taking any action on it whatsoever. Uh, And so, you know, if the president hadn't acted as boldly as he did, we probably would have been mired in years, years, years more of angry town hall meetings and debates and things like that. And now we have the opportunity to move forward with the protections that everybody has always said they were interested in, in having for the area.
0: Thank you very much. Chris Sager is the director of the Western Values Project. Appreciate that.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot.
0: Uh, Let's uh, fit in another caller, Sandy in Escalante. Uh, Sandy, uh, welcome to the program.
7: Well, thank you. I just want to let you know that I am um, a board member of Escalante Chamber of Commerce, and things are really booming here. We have two new resorts, both end of town, just like coming up out of the ground. We have done really well. I have lived here since, um, excuse me, 1996. I'm still considered an outsider, and we don't have enough help. We don't have plumbers. We don't have electricians. Things are booming.
0: And 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 I know
7: a lot of people want more.
0: Oh, okay. More,
7: you know, the mining, the ranching. But uh, we prefer the quiet wilderness. Our, our main, our uh, outside people come in from all over the world, and they just it's they like seek that quiet solitude.
0: I was I was yeah. going to uh, I was Sandy sorry to interrupt. Uh, uh, that's a question I I had uh, queued up here, so you're the perfect person to ask, uh, because we do have if you know if you want to peer into the future on a possible future for the Bears Ears National Monument, and w- how that area might do. We do have a previous example, right? The Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. I think I'm hearing you saying that that designation as National Monument helped the economy, uh, at least in your view. Oh, most
7: definitely. In 1996, this place was a ghost town. Now it's like, you know, we still have more empty buildings to to fill, but the the amount of traffic, it's like it's amazing what's happening uh, with the uh, Highway 12 uh, scenic byway, people coming through here. We don't have enough places for people to stay. I mean, we're not Moab. We're not Springdale. But we are thriving. We're uh, trying to make this a year-round type of resort. And oh, okay.
0: It, okay. Uh, oh, oh <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I cut you off again. Go ahead.
7: No, that's okay. It's mm. just, it, it is happening, and that's going to happen in Monticello and Blanding. Mark my words. People w- want some place where they can just have a quiet atmosphere and go for a hike.
0: Mm. Well, thanks for that, uh, Sandy. Appreciate the call.
7: Oh,
0: okay. It, okay, thanks. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank um, you. And we're going to bring in uh, shortly here uh, Scott Grinney from uh, Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. John Kovash, uh, any comments or well, questions that, that have come was, to your uh, mind there?
1: Well, that was fortuitous to get a, a call from Escalani like that. Uh, I uh, did a column recently for High Country News on the, the fears down in San Juan County that they're going to, quote, become another Moab, unquote uh and and Escalani is a perfect example of of uh, somewhere that chose a path in the middle uh you know it's been quite a few years now and it's still like night and day compared to Moab i mean uh that you know for us that's a sleepy sleepy little town and, <laughs> and you know uh, i think people have to factor in that that's designations don't make stuff happen. It's the people that live there that decide what uh, what they're going to do about it. And, it, you know, in Moab's case, and in the, in the the Mighty Five parks that are being marketed aggressively all over the planet, uh, you know, the, 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 the local buy-in is what's created what we have. Uh, it, you know, and there were many, you know, lots of years of, you know, using, you know, tax money to... To learn to advertise and learn more tourists and and uh so you kind of you kind of uh, create your own nest <laughs> mm.
0: well let's uh, bring in uh and scott i I'm, i apologize i've had you on the program before but i, I still am mispronouncing your last name no S-
8: problem Tom. <laughs> uh,
0: say your name for me scott groney scott groney okay all right, you think I could remember that. Uh, with the uh, director of the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, I've got a kind of a long email that I want you to respond to, but uh, first of all, you, just your general reaction to the president's action here.
8: Well, we certainly thank President Obama for designating the monument and congratulate the Bearsers and tribal coalition. Um, you know, this is historic to have the president use the Antiquities Act at the behest of, of the tribes here in Utah, in Arizona, New Mexico, and elsewhere.
0: Let me read this. Uh, this is this comes from. Uh, I kind of want to give the full name, but my practice has been to to only give first names. So this is Father Rick in Cedar City. Uh, so if you know, <laughs> if you know Father Rick, uh, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Who, who's written in here? This is what he says. First of all, he starts with uh, Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God. He goes on to say, I'm a Catholic priest who has spent the past 15 years traveling and ministering in south-central Utah, including a current responsibility in Escalante. Most of this past Monday and part of Tuesday, I spent sitting and strolling in the Grand Staircase, the last major Utah monument designated by an outgoing president. The expanse in silence was unusually magnificent with the dramatically reduced traffic on Highway 12 in the winter. The luxury of sitting on a rock and seeing for 50 to 100 miles on a clear day is pretty close to a transcendent experience at least for me. The undeveloped wide open spaces in Utah are indeed an international treasure as we know from uh, all know as we well know from the variety of growing population of visitors we welcome. These magnificent settings are not just natural resource deposits or even big playgrounds, they are sanctuary, a different dimension. These vast areas are large enough to hold an appreciable level of sanity undisturbed from the growing array of random and intrusive sounds of our increasingly unlivable human habitats. Living and ministering to people in this area has left me well aware of the potential hardships experienced by some with changes in job opportunities. But as we know, the amount of people actually employed in this area is not large on a national scale, and almost all the employment is subsidized by some form of government program. Most of the wealth created by resource extraction will likely go into the pockets of -of out-of-state shareholders who have little or no affinity for this vast sanctuary. Even though I try to resist over-romanticizing the nobility of the Native Americans, they do seem to have a more first-hand experience of the sanctity of this land. In 20 years and beyond, I'm confident that we will not regret the Bears Ears Monument or the Grand Staircase. Our souls need this untrammeled land. That's Father Rick in Cedar City. Uh, Quite poetic there. Your your reaction, Scott Groening.
8: Well, that's a a tough series of words to follow. Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in what Father Rick said, and um, you know, I think comparable, and John had mentioned this, which is, you know, the proclamation in itself is the same way, the same poetic and lyrical description of this landscape. Um, i not sure how much I have to add to what yeah. he had said.
0: Uh, John, I wanted to uh, maybe um, have have your reaction to, uh, he talks about, Father Rick does, um, the, the economy, and that he acknowledges that some, you know, if you, if you go to uh you know tourism and and you restrict extraction uh, there are some changes to the economy some people will perhaps not have economic opportunity hopefully that's compensated by on the other side
1: yeah i think it boils down to to uh not so much what kind of economy you choose but where you you set the limits on on your growth because you know uh you know you can get, bit, you know, you can you, you can get very hungry about what you want your town to become. We want a college. We want this. We want that. And, uh, and here we are at the gateway to two national parks. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, the uh, I, I think there's been way too much emphasis on how great the tourism economy is as far as locals are concerned. And, you know, there's the uh, moab statistics, very sobering statistics about uh how the working class bears here. Uh I guess Scott, uh you know, uh you know, I uh, curious as to what you you know, pursue a, uh, to what extent have you marshalled a post Trump battle plan these days? How much have things shifted or changed or <laughs> well things have changed dramatically. Um- I think it's, you know,
8: and the proclamation does this too. It talks about the history here, which this is an important moment, but it's sort of a blip in the history of this landscape. 300 million years is taken to form it. Human history here goes back 13,000 years. Um, It's been proposed for protection going back to 1936. Then in 2009, you had all of the members of the Utah congressional delegation stand before a House Resources Committee and say, um, they were opposing America's Rec Wilderness Act, which is a bill we support, which would protect a great deal of the same landscape as wilderness. And they said, don't don't move on this bill. Give us a chance, and we will make decisions to what should happen. And now, seven years later, of course, they've done nothing. Um, you know, the PLI was never even introduced in the Senate, never a vote on the House floor this past year. Um, you know, this talk of this being a midnight monument, the truth is, this administration gave the delegation until the very end of the Congress to act, which they totally failed. And now the president has acted. Um, you know, Trump will come in, and that will be another phase in history there that we will have to address. But I think if you look back, every time there's some large step forward with conservation, it is controversial. And you come back 10, 15, 20 years later, and people, accept and embrace that conservation and that's what will happen here and that'll be true even with Donald Trump um, you know you would hope that the congressional delegation at this point would say this monument protects a lot of the same lands they said should be protected that we now need to have adequate funding to protect the cultural resources that we this is an opportunity to do a land exchange so we can trade out these state sections out there that are really have no value now to make gains for our school kids, and hopefully that's what the next couple of years can look for, look at or look to be, um, because I think you look at the history of the Grand Staircase, there was so much fury and fighting over it afterwards that accomplished absolutely nothing other than keeping animosity high here in the state of Utah. So I think, yes, we got Donald Trump in office, but the question is really for the delegation. How do they want to respond to this? Do they want to do what the, both the Deseret News and the Salt Lake Tribune have now, in opinion, their opinions, have said, it's time to make the best of this? And, and that's really the question. The president has acted. How will the delegation respond? Will they learn from the lessons of the Grand Staircase or not? What are the chief yes. questions
1: you would pose, Mr. Bishop? I guess I would include whether they want to... To, uh, to adapt one of the starve uh, proposals, you know, to just will, just withhold administration money? Mm-hmm.
8: I think there are other questions. Like, you know, this it, it, one of the real positive things of the Grand Staircase is that there was a large land exchange following that the state of Utah really bor- benefited enormously from, you know, with revenues that went to our education system. You know, hopefully that is step one. Um, that Congressman Bishop will be working with SetLab and other interests to make sure that there's going to be a good land exchange on the table. Um, you know, I think the other question is, and John, you'd, you know, I'm speaking from Moab where I live too. You'll see when these kinds of events happen, um, it can put a lot of stress on local communities. And is there some way for the delegation to help local communities to decide how they want to respond to this and control it. Do they want to avoid becoming a Moab? Um, they'll they'll be overwhelmed unless someone from the delegation helps come in and provide the capital and the expertise um, to deal with the changes that are coming. That frankly are coming whether or not this monument ever happened.
0: We uh, we need to, to go uh, ahead, take a break, and then we'll come back with John Rupel, University of Utah uh, law professor uh, Scott Groney, director of the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. Thank you so much.
8: Thanks, Tom. Thanks, John. And Thanks, uh, God. Uh,
0: John Kovash, our Moab correspondent, is with us for the two hours. By the way, it's a special two hour edition of Access Utah. We're responding and getting your response to President Obama's action under the Antiquities Act, creating a Berzer's National Monument. What is your reaction? We're uh, taking your comments by email to upraccess@gmail.com. at gmail.com, at gmail.com. Uh, we are also uh, taking your phone call. 800-826-1495. 1-800-826-1495. You can join us on Twitter as well, at UPR Access. And uh, still to come, we'll be talking with John Rupel, University of Utah law professor, deals with land issues. In the next hour, Bob Keiter, also University of Utah law professor at the Stegner Center there. Uh, in the next hour, we'll be talking with Regina lopez White Skunk, Ute Mountain Ute Tribal Councilwoman. She's also with the uh, Bears Ears Intertribal uh, Coalition. And in the next hour, we'll be talking with Congressman Rob Bishop. Uh, we'll also be talking in the next hour with Stan Summers, Box Elder County Commissioner and uh, Chair of uh, FIRM. That's an organization which uh, promotes responsible access to public lands, as they characterize themselves. Uh, let's take a brief break. And uh, when we come back, more with uh, John Kovash, more of your comments. And we'll be talking with John Rupel from University of Utah Law School. <laughs>
7: Did you know that there are strategies that can help you to save money, even if you don't feel like you can put anything in the bank right now? Pre-committing to your decision to save makes you more likely to carry it out. So if you know you can put money aside in the future, set up an automatic savings plan that will go into effect a few months down the road. You can also encourage your children to save by opening a savings account for them. You can do this as soon as you have their social security numbers. And when your child is seven or eight, that is a good time to start teaching them about the value of money. Parents are the main resource children learn their spending habits from.
0: This segment of Did You Know That? has been brought to you by our members and the Emma Eccles-Jones College of Education and Human Services, committed to mentoring tomorrow's educators, researchers, and clinicians, located on campuses in Logan and 26 other sites throughout Utah. Holiday programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you by our members and Dr. Scott Dixon, practicing allergy and immunology with the team of physicians at the Budge Clinic, 1340 North, 500 East in Logan. Intermountain Clinics, wishing UPR listeners a safe and happy holiday season. Information at 435-716-1820. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Access Utah. We are taking two hours on this and uh, getting your reaction to President Obama's uh, designation this week of the uh, the, uh, uh, Bears Ears National Monument. We've been talking about uh, Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument as well, and uh, we want to get your comment. Uh, Some are calling this a courageous decision which will protect vital lands for years into the future. Others are calling it arrogant and says uh, say that it ignores the wishes of a majority of Utahns, we want to know what you think. Uh, you can uh, join us by email to upraccess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. You can also uh, join us uh, by uh, phone, toll-free number 1-800-826-1495, one 800 826 one four nine five. We're going to be bringing on John Rupel from University of Utah Law School. Before we do that, we also have with us John Kovash, our Moab correspondent. Uh, John, will alert you. I'll uh, give you first a uh, question of uh, Professor Rupel. I want to get in uh, some more uh, comments here, which have come in. This is from Carolyn. Uh, Her email says, this was a wonderful action by President Obama. This beautiful area of the state of Utah needs and deserves protection. Thank you, President Obama. P.S., Carolyn says, I am born and raised Utah. We are not all against this action. I am one Utah totally in favor of this monument. Joe says, finally done. Protects this beauty from those who would sell it to the highest bidder. We need to uh, keep our public lands public. That's from Joe. So thanks for those, uh, those comments. Uh, we welcome in now uh, John Ruppel uh, from University of Utah uh, Law School, also, I believe, uh, with the Stegner Center for Land Resources and the Environment. Uh, Professor, uh, welcome to the program. Good
4: morning, Tom. Good morning,
0: John. G- good morning. Inviting uh, me in. John, go ahead uh, with uh, any question you have for Professor Ruppel.
1: Oh, good, welcome, John. Um, you, you've been quoted in some of the press accounts talking about uh, Uh, how there's basically no precedence for reversing, although in some cases they've been reduced, uh, uh, the national monuments, and and that a reversal would ultimately likely fail in court. Uh, Does does that factor in that Trump gets to uh, pick a Supreme Court justice here?
4: Well, John, it's a good question. I think the starting point is that no president has ever tried to unilaterally rescind a National Monument Proclamation, so we don't have any any case law on that. Uh, States and others, however, have tried to overturn proclamations in the past, and every such effort has failed. So at this point, it's presidents and proclamations, 10, challengers, 0. So, you know, we have that um, in the background, whether a newly formed court with you know, changes in composition would choose to uh, upset what's largely 100 years of case law, I, personally, I think that's doubtful. But it, maybe it's helpful to step back and think about what President Trump or President-elect Trump could do unilaterally and how that plays out. Um, because when Congress has the power over public lands pursuant to the Property Clause of the U.S. Constitution. So when President Obama proclaimed the Bears Ears National Monument, he was exercising that congressional power, power that was delegated to him in the Antiquities Act by Congress. So while Congress gave the president the power to create national monuments, Power, or Congress did not give Congress, or pardon me, Congress did not give the president the power to revoke those same designations. So, you know, what we've seen is that two former U.S. attorneys general have weighed in and said that absent that expressed delegation of power, the president-elect is unlikely to have the authority to unilaterally undo a proclamation the Congressional Research Service, which is a, a nonpartisan organization, has twice opined on the issue and agreed with the attorneys general. So I, th- I think that argument is pretty strong. I think that the president is unlikely to be able to, to act unilaterally to undo a monument designation.
0: Uh, president or, or um, uh, Professor Ruppel, I, I have a question about, and you can see an interesting story on our website, upr.org, by our news director, Kerry Bringhurst. Some people are wondering how a designation of the Bears Ears National Monument uh, would impact funding for schools from from the uh, School Institutional Trust Lands Administration. Um, and uh, in the story, uh, Kerry quotes Tim Donaldson, uh, talking about the local area there. They're concerned that uh, perhaps uh, they'll, they'll lose some money, the school district there will lose some money from the from SITLA.
4: Yeah, it's a great question and an important question, and I'd I'd also point your readers to an article in today's Salt Lake Tribune uh, with a quote from Mr. Donaldson talking about the same issue, and it takes a slightly different uh, focus. But uh, essentially what we know at this point is there are roughly 109,000 acres of school and institutional trust lands that are within the exterior boundary of the newly created national monument. Now, the monument proclamation does not change ownership of those it does not change management of those nothing changes uh, with respect to those lands however I think we all recognize that surrounding those those individual parcels most of those are 640 acre parcels by this new national monument would make it more difficult for Silla to develop those lands and generate revenue for the trust beneficiaries which are primarily schools so what the proclamation talks about is trading those lands out, trading the Sitla lands that are within that new national monument for lands outside of the monument that are more appropriate for development. And I think, as, as Scott Groning mentioned before, we saw similar exchanges following the creation of the Grand staircase Escalante National Monument. They were cro- quite profitable for the state at that point, um, and I think we'll see something to that effect again. And what uh, Mr. Donaldson said in his comments today in the Tribune, was that, you know, we'll have to see how those move forward in light of the state's reaction to the monument designation. That um, if the state chooses to fight that designation, that would make it much more difficult for SITLA to move forward with an exchange and take lands that right now are very difficult to generate revenue from and trade those for lands that could be more profitably managed for uh, the school children of the state of Utah. Uh,
0: John, a final question for Professor Ruppel, and then uh, we are going to uh, uh, bring in, move forward Regina Lopez, a White Skunk, to, to this hour coming up in about five minutes.
1: Uh, I'd be curious what you think the long history might be uh, if, this, this, you know, if, the, uh, if this stays. Uh, there was a story uh, recently mentioning that four out of the five uh, mighty five uh, national parks. Uh, started out as national monuments.
4: You know, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. As you're correct, in Utah, Arches, Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef, and Zion all started out as national monuments. They were proclaimed by presidents, and, and over time, Congress and looked at those and said that those are really truly special, magical places, and they needed to be elevated to national park status. We've seen that elsewhere. Um, the Grand Canyon started out as a national monument as well. So it's certainly possible that uh, Congress, years down the road, may look at Bears Ears and think it's worthy of, of national park status. Um, again, I would, I would encourage, as Tom and others have said so far, I'd encourage your listeners to go back and read the proclamation because it's beautifully written and it includes a, a really... Um, elegant description of the resources that are in there um, that are in the minds of many of us worthy of national park status.
0: Well, thank you, uh, John Ruppel. Much more to be said, and uh, we, we appreciate it. Um, and you can find John Ruppel's work at University of Utah. He's also with the Stegner Center uh, there. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you, Tom. Thank you, John.
0: Thank and, you. Uh, uh, coming up in the next hour, this, by the way, is a two-hour special, Access Utah. We're going to be talking with John Ruppel's colleague, Bob Keiter, who is University of Utah professor. He's with the uh, Stegner Center as well. Coming up in the next hour, we'll also be talking with Stan Summers, who's a Elder County Commissioner, and he's chair of an organization called FIRM, uh, which describes themselves as uh, being for responsible access to public lands. Uh, we'll be talking with Congressman Rob Bishop uh, coming up in the next hour as well. And uh, shortly here, we're going to bring in Regina Lopez White Skunk, uh, who's with the Bears Ears Intertribal uh, Coalition. Uh, John, as we've been uh, discussing this, uh, d- any further questions or comments that have come to your mind?
1: Oh, I could uh, I could note on the uh, the call about uh, the hopefulness of uh, establishing the uh, commission, the tribal commission. Uh, th- that's true. Uh, I think where they felt let down was that. It it left the actual management with the uh, federal agencies and basically set them up as an advisory commission. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it it wasn't as strong a a hand as they could have been dealt to start with.
0: Yeah, the the actual designation. Yeah, Yeah.
1: because they were asking for actual tribal management, and uh, uh, you know, I'm hoping to in the next uh, days talk to some of those folks and find uh, you know learn more about that.
0: Let me read a couple more emails that have come in. Thanks for sending those. They keep coming in. We appreciate that. Uh, main purpose for the program today is to get your reaction. I know this is on the minds of a lot of Utahns, uh, pro and con, and uh, the president has acted, and uh, there is, there will be a Bears Ears National Monument uh, designated. The management plan still needs to be formed, and uh, leaders in Utah are vowing to fight this, take this to court, see if they can reverse it. Uh, this comes from Jim. Uh, Jim says, "Hi, Tom. I'm one of those who's excited about Obama's announcement regarding the establishment of the Bears Ears National Monument. However, I'm much more excited regarding the naming of Gold Butte in Nevada's National Monument. To those of us here in southwestern Utah, Gold Butte is practically next door, being about a two-hour drive to its boundary. I make several trips every spring to Gold Butte to photograph the wildflowers and have visited most of the petroglyph sites. I am, however, very worried that the Bundy clan and his cohorts may start a war down there against the government, just as they did." Several years ago and again up in oregon that's from uh from jim uh john uh, before we go to regina lopez weiskunk uh are you familiar with uh, gold butte
1: uh only the recent uh, accounts uh and people uh, noticing that it's near bundy country
6: uh, yeah
0: and that's i guess that's uh, you've mentioned in in a in some reporting you've done or i guess kind of behind the scenes here that there is some speculation, at least uh, from people you've heard, that uh, perhaps if um, opponents of uh, Bears Ears are successful, you might have, uh, you know, protests on that side, and if, or if it goes forth, you might have Bundy-type protests over there.
1: We're in a post-Standing Rock world here, where uh, there, I've seen comment on the blogosphere about, gee, uh, you know, uh, if, uh, if the reversal... Uh, th- threatens this, uh, you could see a Standing Rock style gathering uh, right down here in San Juan County, and 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 who knows uh, the the Bundy clan have already been down here. Uh, they could come back, and it could be quite lively.
0: Let's bring in uh, Regina Lopez whiteskunk Ute Mountain Ute Tribal Councilwoman, also with the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us again on Axis Utah.
6: Um, good morning, and and just for clarification, I just want to make sure I I actually just left office a little over a month ago. Oh, you did. So okay, I'm, I'm I'm former, but I'm freshly former. So oh, okay, um, all right. And this is just right out of the the shoots to be getting the news um, of the creation of the of the monument, and uh, you know it's it's uh, it was a great day for us. Uh, we worked so hard. We worked diligently for for many many years. Um, a lot of work had gone into this as well as um, many months of the tribal leaders coming together and putting aside their differences to uh, achieve a common goal. So it it was uh, a great day to be uh, very grateful to our um, president.
0: I have a, uh, a a comment from our attorney general. I wanted to give a reaction to, and then I'll, I'll uh, have uh, John give you a question. Uh, so, yeah, very exciting day, and and uh, and very pleasing to you, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, here's what uh, Sean Reyes, our attorney general, uh, said. He, he, of course, is is against this, and he's vowing to to take it to court. Um, but he's he said that the, quoting uh, Attorney General Reyes, the sacred tribal areas in and around Bears Ears should absolutely be protected, but in a way that's legally sound and makes sense. A national monument in San Juan County does not preserve the land, but divests it from the very people for whom it is sacred. The local Navajo will no longer be able to gather medicine or firewood, graze cattle, hunt, maintain their livelihoods, or access the mountain heights for their religious ceremonies. I want to get your reaction to that characterization.
6: That- my reaction to that is um and i hope that the uh, attorney general has wor- read the proclamation um at its fullest and might i say is is a very well written document and it's something that we've advocated for i mean we would definitely not advocate as tribal leaders um for our people to be kept from these areas that's definitely something we would have we would have not got behind but what we did get behind is that that's the exact thing that we fought so hard for, was continued access. And you can see that throughout the nation, that there are many tribes who are continuing to, to fight for this type of of um, access to their sacred cultural sites in their lands that once were a part of their, their roaming areas. But we have very little that are legally under each of the tribes. But as we all know... Um, We're okay, we're not asking for the land back as reservations or return property to the people. What we want is just access, and so we fought so diligently on that note, and something that we put a lot of effort, research, and acquired um, a lot of expertise from many different areas. We wanted to bridge that gap between science, traditional knowledge, and, and people in general to preserve for many generations into the future.
0: So just to, just to make uh, clear, you, you believe that uh, this designation will allow you the 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 access that you want.
6: Absolutely, mm-hmm. and through the, and when I say that, if if um, those of you out there can take the time to read the proclamation, out of the proclamation drops the creation of a commission. So the tribes that will have a voice to help to put these plans together, as well as to be able to work together. I think that's the biggest biggest challenge that changes how hi- uh, historically the federal government, local agencies, and other groups have dealt with tribes is this is an opportunity to work together in collaboration rather than reliving history and and having those controversial and contentious moments like the Standing Rock demonstrations and many others that have taken place throughout time. Uh,
0: John Cobos, do you have a question for Mrs. Uh, Lopez-Whiteskin?
1: Uh, Yes, and my notes uh, confirm that, that uh, the proclamation uh, specifically spells out uh, uh, access rights to uh, cultural uh, areas and and gathering areas and and all of that. Uh, My question would be, uh, you know, expanding a little on the idea of of, uh, how the tribes would manage differently than than the federal government does in the applying the traditional knowledge uh, my suspicion is that when people the more people hear about this the less controversial it's going to be that that, that, that there's some uh, you know that I don't understand why the republicans would be so en, enraged about what you would do because uh can you can you uh, expand on that and you know maybe give some example of of how uh, you know uh, wh- how the tribes would would take care of the land.
6: Well, first and foremost, I think one of the things that the the inter tribal coalition managed to do and had done so well um, was to put all other politics aside and focus on one common goal, and that's to take away everything else that could cloud, that could be sub- smoke screens for other other agendas, and we we put aside those and we came together as one group to to have a common goal. With that, we all decided that the common goal is to achieve preservation and and continued access for our people. And why? Because through education, whether it's through traditional passing of knowledge from one individual to another, but to create programs to better educate not only just the community, but even further out into the states and other places into the world. Out in the world, uh, traditional institutes of knowledge have been very successful, but the key, again, is going to be education, education from the bottom up and all around. I think that a lot of times people overlook the fact that uh, doing a little reading and research and finding out what the other side of the issue is, is, is really the challenge because it challenges one to examine their own opinions and views on things. And it's not always about being right as much as it is creating that successful situation that we can all come out together ahead and, and continuing to teach about how the Mormon settlers came in and settled. Um, some may say came in and settled, many of Native tribes will say they came in and encroached upon our, our lands. Um, but that's that's all in the matter of educating oneself about how things get put out there. And one of the things that we thought was absolutely important in ensuring, good or bad, that information gets put out there. I think so many times history books only portray as they wish to portray it. And not always is it very truthful, but a lot of the ugly truth gets buried underneath all the fast, serious really little uh, ways of, of showing what history could have been. Um, and, and we just want to be able to continue to tell the story, to learn from the land as everybody else does, and and utilize it in unison. I think that we demonstrated that in uh, coming together with the rock climbers, sitting down and understanding what their use of the land is, sitting down and understanding what the hikers wanted to, to be able to, to do. To be able to see and understand the, the conservation side of it, we did our research. We sought out all different angles, and I think that that's the challenge of what people need to do: get a clear 360 view of the ish, of the of the issue.
0: Well, thanks uh, thanks for that. To appreciate that, we're running up time for this hour. We've had with us Regina Lopez White Skunk, former Ute Mountain Ute Tribal Councilwoman and uh, member of the Bears Ears uh, Inter Tribal Coalition. Thank you so much.
6: No problem. Thank you. It was my honor.
0: And uh, we'll take a brief break. Uh, We'll have news coming up from 1 to 6 past the next hour. Then we'll continue our conversation. We'll keep with us uh, John Kovash, who is our MOAB correspondent for Utah Public Radio. And in the next hour, Congressman Rob Bishop, Bob Kider from University of Utah, and uh, Stan Summers, who is uh, chair of FIRM, Responsible Access for Public uh, Lands. Thanks for listening.